She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming at you with a totally fresh podcast for you and yours this week, for you and yours. Y'all, I'm not even going to play on this podcast uh, today. I, I'm i just, uh, let me just keep it real. I'm actually re-recording the podcast. I recorded it already, and I'm just re-recording it. I feel like, I, I just feel like I needed to. The heaviness in the world right now needs a direction. And I believe that direction that we have a responsibility to do is prayer. And so I am going to really, really talk to you like a mama today uh, after the monologue. And we are going to, I'm going to take you to one of my most favorite chapters in all of scripture that literally changed my life. So that's coming up after the break. I want to tell you what is going on in my world today. Okay. Y'all know I have like kids. Okay. (laughs) Talk about them all the time. Unapologetically, might I add, unapologetically. The other night, well, actually during the day, the other day, my son said, mom, what does a brown recluse spider look like? And I said, babe, I don't know. They're brown. (laughs) I don't know. So he Googled what a brown recluse spider looks like. And, you know, he saw what it looked like. And it it actually seemed like he was very encouraged when he saw a picture of the brown recluse spider. This was like, I would say, at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. That night, he comes into my room. And I have just put the babies down. Like, we are like, you know, I'm tired. At the end of the day, y'all, like, I go to bed tired. I don't. It doesn't take me five minutes to go to sleep anymore. I'm tired. I got, I'm like tired. So he comes in and he's like, hey, mom, look at this spot on my leg. I think I got bit by a spider. And I'm like, okay. I, I look at the spot on his leg and he was like, and he tagged on. And I think it's a brown recluse spider that I got bit by. I said, okay, well, let's not freak out. Let's actually, let me just look at the bite. Okay. I looked at the bite, I looked at him, and I said, son, I don't even think this is a spider bite. Like, I, I, I actually don't even, it might not even be an insect bite. If it is, it might be a, like a little baby fire ant. Like, this is fine, okay? He's all thinking that it's some horrible, poisonous spider bite on his leg. He's thinking it is so horrible, and so he brings it to me and he says, mom, what do you think? And I'm able to tell him, it's okay, buddy. It's not as bad as you think. Same room, different child. Grace at that point says, mom, I fell in cheerleading practice. You know, my kids are involved in sports. They're like, they like, they're very super active. All four of them. Haven a little less than the other three, but they're all four very active in sports. She said, I got this bruise and it just, it just looks funny. Like, will you look at it? And I said, yeah, baby, bring your, bring your little leg over here. Let me look at your bruise. I looked at her bruise. 
on her, I think it was like on her, her calf, you know, and I said, babe, and it's fine. You're fine. As a matter of fact, I think I said it exactly like that. You're fine. Everything is fine. You're good. And I've noticed this year, especially during the summertime, and I don't know, maybe the events of uh, the, the last year and a half have really spooked my kids. But they've been bringing a lot of their bumps and bruises to me. And, you know, things that just happen on a regular basis, they've been bringing to me. And they need me to tell them it's okay. And I actually said that after I looked at Jude's alleged spider bite, which was not. And I think it's probably gone by now. And that was like 24 hours ago. And after I looked at Grace's bruise... I looked at them and I said, you know, sometimes I just think, I think you know it's okay. I think you know that you didn't get bit by a brown recluse spider, but you just need me to say it's okay. And it's amazing when I say it's okay, you guys immediately calm down. And they both resoundingly after I said that said, yes, that's all we want. All we want, mom, is for you to tell us everything is going to be okay. That's all we want. I almost started crying, y'all, in that room with my two kids, knowing the weight uh, now, I know this. I've been a mom for a long time. Ain't my first rodeo, you know, with an alleged spider bite. But it was like the Holy Spirit lit me on fire. He reminded me of all the times that I thought something was so much worse than it was. And he spoke to my spirit and said, that's not that bad. It's okay. Girl, you're going to be okay. I got you. I got you. I cannot stop thinking about this almost human example and very personal example from my own life. Because I feel like right now there's, there's pandemonium going on about the events of the world or the events that are happening in our communities or our schools or politics or whatever it is. And there is a level of panic of people that are like, I think this is a brown recluse spider. And let me tell you something, even if it was, God is in control. I started to just think about all the conversations that I have had real life, like y'all real life conversations I've had with adults that are scared that are worried, that have personal things going on, that is actually really terrifying for them. And it hit me when my kids said, yes, mom, all we want you to do is say it's okay. And once you say it's okay, mom, we're okay. It hit me how much we need the Lord in our adult life. To speak life to us like I speak over my kids when they are scared or nervous about something. God showed me a picture of what he does for me every single day in what I do for my kids. I just have just such a heaviness of heart today for you, for you. Just know if you are listening 
I am praying for you. I adore you. I thank you for, for listening. But I want you to know, speaking to that heavy, heavy heart, if you're looking at something and maybe like Jude, you have diagnosed it as a spider, brown recluse spider bite, I want you to know something. Take that thing that you are scared and nervous and worried about to the Lord. Doesn't matter how big it is. Doesn't matter how small it is. And allow his word to tell you, it's going to be okay. It's not that bad. I'm in control of it. I'll fix it. I'll help you. I do this all the time with my kids, and it was just such a beautiful reminder in the days that we are privileged to live in, by the way, how what you're feeling in your soul at this moment needs the salve of Jesus. Take it to him, and he will tell you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I've read the book of Revelation. (laughs) I know how it ends. And I'm telling you what, I do this so much, so often myself with the Lord. It was just a refreshing reminder in my own life to watch my kids need that from me. So, okay, that's what's going on in my life. I'm going to come back to you after the break with just a passionate word that I have. And I hope it's going to encourage you as well. This passage of scripture changed my life. And I can't wait to share with you. So see you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now, back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, okay, okay. We are back. Back from the break. So I wrote a little book two years ago called Gangster Prayer. I think... If, if you've listened to this podcast at all or very often or whatever, you know my stance on prayer. If you've read the book, you know my stance on prayer. <laughs> I was pretty straightforward in the book, right? I put up a post um, earlier this week that got a lot of uh, just feedback and circulation and whatever, messages, comments, whatever. And I feel like the enemy has got the, the Christian world to a point where we do not think our prayers actually matter. 
our prayers are need to be nothing more than a side thing. And unfortunately, I think that we've learned a lot of this from our church. And, you know, listen, I'm a church girl for life over here. Like, like, don't get me wrong. My daddy was a preacher. My granddaddy was a preacher. My grand great granddaddy was a preacher. So listen, I come from a long line. I'm a church girl. I've been in ministry for 20 straight years. But somewhere along the way, the enemy has turned our attention to the most vital thing that we can do. He has turned our attention from the most life-giving, life-changing option we have available to us as a believer. And he's turned our attention to things that will never make as much of a difference as prayer. Never. 20 years ago, I realized this. And and if you read my book, I unlearned. I had to unlearn, y'all. Like, I had to unlearn so much. It's unbelievable. I took one entire year, and I unlearned the pharisaical way to pray. I unlearned the trendy way to pray. I just unlearned all of that. Blah. Picked up the word of God, y'all. And I'm telling you what, I went to passages in scripture that talked about prayer, what we have access to through prayer. And it changed my prayer life, which in turn changed my life. It changed my prayer life. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. When I changed my prayer life, I changed my life. Do you just, just everything in my entire life I owe to a God who heard my cry and he heard my prayer. You will never be able to convince me ever, 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 ever. I don't care how convincing you are that prayer should be a side thing. It's just not going to happen. If I go to a church and I feel like, okay, prayer is not like the forefront of this church's priority list, we don't stay. I have seen miracles that were wrought based on a prayer that I have prayed in private that no one even knew. I've seen a miracle come from that. When I changed my entire prayer life, I changed my life. Right now, what we're facing in our world, in our communities, in our children's lives, in our personal lives, in whatever, is a call. I think it's an invitation for the believer to pray. Now more than ever, we need to awaken prayer in our life. My heart has been desperately heavy as we watch the different things that ha- have happened in, you know, Afghanistan. And I've just, uh, uh, I'm just heavy. And I think God is, is literally handing us an invitation like we would get to a birthday party and saying, I'm inviting you to invite me into this. Are you going to do it? Are you going to take this as a calling? Uh, in the last couple of days, I've woke up in the middle of the night, and I don't know even how to say this. I don't know how you're going to take this. It de- I guess it doesn't matter how you take it because people have thought crazy things about me for years. I feel like one of the purposes 
that God has placed on my life is for intercessory prayer. I get woken up so many times in the middle of the night and I, I know that God is asking me to pray for something specific, very specific. God woke me up in the middle of the night the other night. I had no idea why I was awake. I just knew I needed to pray. I didn't know what I needed to pray for. I felt a super, super big heaviness. Woke up to, you know, national world news about Afghanistan and all this kind of stuff. And there I was. I had no idea why I was praying. And yet God asked me to pray. We are in a time right now where I just think weak prayers. I just don't even know why we pray them. You know, I know God hears them all big and, and, and small. Trust me, I pray for the parking lots. You guys, if you've read my book, you know I pray about all kinds of things. But I guess I'm talking to you today from a heart that desperately wants you to see the power of God at work in your life. And you, you might be scared. You might be fearful during this time. And you just need to see God work. And so I, I kind of scrapped my, my outline from the other day. And I wanted to solely bring you a hopeful truth, a hopeful truth about prayer. What you're feeling, if you're feeling heaviness about the world, about your personal life, whatever, this is a hopeful truth directly from Second Chronicles 20. We're going to go there in just a second. I'm going to talk about my boy Jehoshaphat, who I love, who I wrote in my book twice. Your heaviness, your heaviness and what you're feeling needs a direction. We are not just made to sit in heaviness forever. You need the, that's why the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him who cares for you. Cast. What do you do when you fish? You cast out the, the bobber, the, the, the line, you cast it away from you. Cast all your cares on him who cares for you. I think we're in a time right now where there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of whatever. And what we need to do is we need to recognize that what, what the world is up against, what we're up against in our personal lives may be way too much for us. And it is time to call on the one that we cast all of our cares on to intervene in our circumstances. If you feel today that you are overwhelmed by fear, anxiety, a situation, and you feel like you are fighting a losing battle, this is for you today. We are going to talk about prayer. Before we get into Second Chronicles, I want to tell you one quick story. Sunday. We had to go back to get school supplies <laughs> because with four kids, school supplies are never ending. I had three of my kids with me, and we were talking in the car, and Grace was saying something. She said, oh, I heard from so-and-so, and she just kind of told me what she was nervous about, worried about. Jude was in the car. Moses was in the car. And I stopped, and, I, and they said, Mom, what do you think? What's going to happen? Now, based on my monologue, you guys know that, you know, our kids look to us for comfort. And sometimes the most comforting thing that you can say to your kids is, I don't know. I just don't know. But I know someone who does. 
And that's what I said to them. I said to Grace, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation, but I know someone who does. I know someone who was in charge. I know someone who is in control. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that nothing that is happening right now is outside of his even attention. He has his eyes on it, his attention on it. So what we're going to do in this little car outside of McAllister's Deli because I'm obsessed with their Diet Coke and I drink their Diet Coke all the time. So we were going to get Mama a Diet Coke after getting school supplies. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Right now. So they bowed their heads and we prayed about the situation that Grace was really nervous about and that Jude was really nervous about. Not one hour later, you guys, not one hour later, God answered our very bold request for him. I had said one hour earlier, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who does. And sometimes guys, we need to be humble enough to admit even to ourselves. I was admitting it to my kids, but even to ourselves, I don't know what to do here. I'm scared. I don't know what to do here, but I know who does. That gave their fear an object. That they that gave their fear a place to land. That gave their fear hope. And an hour later, God answered. So you cannot tell me that God is not intimately acquainted with every single one of our ways. Second Chronicles 20 says this. Now it came about. Now this is about my boy, King Jehoshaphat. I love Jehoshaphat. He, his, this story, this one story in the scripture radically changed my prayer life. I will never look at prayer the same. And I have used these principles over and over and over again in my own prayer life to bring about miracles for myself and for my family and for my community and for so many different things. Now it came about my boy, Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. Okay. It came about after this, after these things, a lot of things happened that's irrelevant to what we're going to talk about. That the sons of Moab, Ammon, together with the Munites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Now, let me tell you something. There's this coalition that had formed against Judah. Jehoshaphat was the king. They wanted to take Judah down. That's what they wanted to do. That was their goal. They'd been trying for years to take Israel down. Years and years and years. So they came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Verse 2 says this. Some came and reported it to Jehoshaphat. And this is what they said. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. Out of Aram and behold, they are in Hazron Tamar. They're coming against you, Jehoshaphat. A huge coalition. They're coming for you, and they want to take Judah down. Now, this is important because Jehoshaphat knew that if these three groups of people came up against them, they would be destroyed. Jehoshaphat knew that. And the next verse tells us why he knew that. I did a a whole series last week on the mind. 
And, you know, people people talk about all the time, you know, faith over fear, hashtag faith over fear. You know, that Instagram's great, but I don't think people ever realize that you can fear and have faith at the at the same time. I did a whole message on it. We'll, we'll, we'll replay it in the podcast probably in September. I want you to carbon copy King David on that and see what David says because the Psalms are full of his words that talk about how scared he was even though he faced Goliath. We'll talk about that in September. But Jehoshaphat was one of those people that had great fear, but his fear had an object, which was the Lord. He turned his, his fear towards his trust in Almighty God. This is what he did. Jehoshaphat, once he heard these things after the report had been reported to him that this coalition was coming against Judah, he was afraid and he turned his attention to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Now, I could talk about a fast forever. It is in my book, Gangster Prayer. I do talk about fasting for this specific podcast. I'm not going to talk about it, but no, it is incredibly powerful. I want you to talk about, I want you to see what Jehoshaphat did when the giant coalition that surely would have taken Jehoshaphat and Judah out came up against them. He didn't turn to his group chat to ask someone to pray for him. He didn't get on social to to see what's happening in the world. He didn't, you know, (laughs) go over affirmations or whatever. He turned his full attention to seek the Lord alone. Why is it that churches and believers have made prayer such a side thing when it is the first most powerful thing that we could ever do when we are faced with something that surely would overcome us? Jehoshaphat was being overcome by this report. So he turned his attention to someone who could overcome the report. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? What is overcoming you by prayer? You can overcome it. He turned his attention. He proclaimed a fast. He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fast. And the whole nation is going to pray. And so that's what happened. All the nation of Judah gathered together, you guys. And then Jehoshaphat, I love this, stood in the assembly, verse 5, 2 Chronicles 25. He stood in the midst of the assembly of Judah, in the midst of the assembly. I love being a leader and having, have been a leader for a long time. The pressure that leaders face is overwhelming. So the humility of Jehoshaphat in this moment almost brings me to tears because I know how hard it is to be a leader. But he stood in the assembly of Judah and in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And this is what he said. He started praying and he said, oh, Lord God. The God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Verse 7 says this, did you not, O God? Drive out the inhabitants of this before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of your Abraham forever. He's saying, are you not God? Did you not give us this land and others people coming against us to take it away from us? 
Verse 10. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade. It's interesting. I have a page in front of me that actually is talking about God not letting Israel invade the same group of people that are coming up against Judah right now. It's fascinating. It's in Deuteronomy. You should look it up. I'm actually going to do that podcast for next week. You didn't let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. See how they're rewarding us. We didn't invade them. Now they're coming after us, God. Verse 12 says this, Oh God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Let me tell you this right now. This is what I did with my kids in the car on Sunday. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't have the power that I know you want me to have. But we, rather than placing our eyes on this problem that is overwhelming and overcoming and it could easily overtake us, we are going to. Turn our eyes, set our eyes, fix our eyes on the Lord. And we are going to bring this before the courts of the Lord. And we are going to ask him to move on our behalf. And that's exactly what we did that Sunday. And let me tell you something. When we did that, there was a shift in the car. And an hour later, God came through. All Judah, verse 13 was standing there. Behold the Lord with their infants, oh, so precious, their wives and their children. Verse 14 says this, then, <laughs> God always works after that prayer, then, oh, I wonder what's happening, then. Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat gives us like earth shattering, heaven moving prayer. And the next word is then. Don't you tell me that God is not moved by your prayer. As soon as he stopped praying, there was a then. Then. Love it. In the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jezeel. And this is what he said, verse 15. Listen, all Judah. And inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus, thus, this is what God's about to say to you. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. It looks like yours. It's got your name on it. It's got your name stamped to it. It looks, it feels like it's yours. You're, you're carrying like it's yours, but it's not yours. The battle is not yours, but it is God's. I put this out on my social regularly because I think it ministers to so many people. I pray this all the time. When I wake up and I feel completely overwhelmed, I'll say, God, what I'm stressing out right now, it's not my problem. It's your problem. Cast, throw that anxiety on the Lord. The battle is not yours. It's God's. Do you believe that today? You might not. 
This is why I say prayer has to stop in our churches being a side thing. We have to stop in our in our Christian walks it being a side thing. We have to stop this this toxic practice that we think that the production of a church, the way the church is, is more important than prayer. The Lord, Jesus himself said, my house shall be at, called a house of prayer, a house of prayer. That's what he wants it to be called. We've got to stop making church, uh, prayer a side thing. It must be a priority because when Prayer is your first response and first priority. It will win wars like it did in 2 Chronicles 20. The battle's not yours. It's not yours. It looks like yours, but it's not. It's God's. Tomorrow, verse 16, go out down against them, for they will come. But you, verse 17, you need not fight. In this battle, station yourselves, now station yourselves and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Tomorrow, don't fear, don't be dismayed, go out, face them, for the Lord is with you. And this, let me tell you what they did. They did just that. All of Judah went out and they faced this coalition coming against them. And you know what they started doing? They started praising and worshiping the Lord. They stood there and they started worshiping. And they started saying praises to the Lord and singing to the Lord. And as soon as they started praising and worshiping the Lord, the Lord literally put the entire battle. Let me, let me just read it to you. When they, verse 22, began singing and praising the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. So they were rooted. Okay, he destroyed their entire plan. And uh, Judah, verse 23, destroyed them completely. They didn't have to fight. They had to worship. They had to ask God to intervene. I don't know what it is that you're facing that's overwhelming you, but whatever that is, it needs to be directed to the power of the sovereign king of the universe through prayer. It's got, prayer has got to stop being a side thing. If it's not for you and you pray 18 hours a day, then this podcast is not for you. <laughs> you can just check this off your list. But for those of you that have diminished, and I don't know who you are, who are, you are listening, you, you let the, the Lord speak to you. Maybe you're even mad at me for saying, this stuff right now. That's okay. I feel like God wants me to say it. Those of you who can honestly say, you know, my prayer life is slipping. I have been more focused on politics or political party or my fear rather than my God. For those of you that are stopped praying for those of you that have given up on God because of what you see in the world, I call you back. Because there is a God that when we pray engages supernatural, his supernatural might. He moves in our situation. He moves in us. And he does the miraculous things 
I don't know what that Sunday prayer conversation did for my kids' hearts. I doubt they'll forget it anytime soon. But I was reminded once again how close, how close God is. How powerful he is. He was so willing to jump in and to change everything for Judah. They just had to humble themselves and pray and ask for it. Sometimes we say God's no for him. This is too big for God. This is too much for God. Look at the mess we're in. God will never get us out of this one. Really? Is it a bigger mess than three nations coming up against Judah to try to overcome them? It's not. I encourage you, and I might I might call us all to a fast. Uh, we did a fast earlier in the year, last year. 7,000 people participated. I could not believe that. <laughs> 7,000 people fasted and prayed. It was unbelievable. I might get my team. I might put another one together. If you're interested, email me at hello at .com. We can We can do fast and prayers all over. We can work on something pretty awesome. But right now, if you're facing or you feel overwhelmed and full of fear, like Jehoshaphat, give that fear an object. Give it to the Lord. Give it away. Give your fear away. And ask God to intervene. Because just like he did with Jehoshaphat, he wants to do with you. He wants to do with you. It's time to pick up that prayer once again. You can go get my book, Gangster Prayer, anywhere books are sold. It actually was very encouraging. I was in Barnes & Noble a couple of days ago, and they, they were still selling it. And after two years past publication, that's a really big deal. I want to pray over you. Lord, we... We, I just pray what Jehoshaphat prayed. Oh, Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nation? Power and might, Lord, are in your hand. Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this before you? Will you not judge those that are coming against us? For we are powerless and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Lord, we need you now more than ever. And you are present now, just like you were in Second Chronicles 20. We ask you to move. We ask you to move in every single person's situation that is listening to me right now. I ask you to move in their life like maybe never before. I ask you to insert and interject your power and your strength and your peace in everyone who's listening. We love you. We trust you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
Love you guys. Um, after the break, we're going to have a question. I'll see you right after the break. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okie dokie, we are back. I love you guys so much. I hope that helped you. I just, I'm so passionate about prayer. You can go pick up my book anywhere. I think, I think one of the commercials are about the book, but you can definitely go get it. I just learned that one of my, my director is reading the book right now. <laughs> Lisa, I told you to get monologued over here. So I have a question from one of you guys. What's a good exercise to do when you have severe anxiety and you need to calm down in the moment? I love this question. I talked about the mind last week. We all have these moments, right? We all have these moments where we're overwhelmed with anxiety, overwhelmed with worry. It like hits us. It's almost like terror will hit us. Like, oh my goodness, you know, you, you, you have to get yourself to calm down almost like an anxiety attack. I will tell you, I, from a biblical perspective, this is what I do. I have verses that I go to that I replay in my mind that calm me down. Now they are not your typical be anxious for nothing versus As a matter of fact, that just makes me more anxious. <laughs> I don't know why, but sometimes when people are like, just be anxious for nothing, it makes me more anxious. They, there are places I relate more to the stories in the scripture. So I will pull a story where God has come through much like I just told you for Jehoshaphat. And I will remind myself of the power and the truth of what God actually does in the believer's life. That's what I do. Okay. If that's too advanced for my anxiety at the moment, because sometimes, you know, you got to calm down a little bit for that. I call on the name of Jesus and I will get myself to a point. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lots of this time, a lot of this happens in the middle of the night. I'll wake up and I'll have like a nightmare, like a, a bad, whatever. Um, I'll call in the name of Jesus so it will calm me down enough to read from his word. But this anxiety thing is like real. It's a real thing. Okay. Um, I get that. I totally understand that. Um, that is what I do. And it's almost like a plan that I have in place 
in order to combat my own anxiety that that will come upon me at random times. So that's what I do. That's what you ask for. What exercise do you do? That's what I do. And you know, it works for me. It works for me in my situation. I have also done this. If I've really felt like I've been fearful or whatever, I'll go tell my husband and he's so like even keeled, uh, dude. And I'll ask him to pray over me. And he also does that. I think we, we also, you know, you're talking about prayer and stuff like that today. I think we, I don't know what's gotten in our heads where we feel like we can't reach out. I mean, he is my husband, but you can reach out. Even if you don't have a husband, you don't have kids, you don't have whatever, reach out to someone, you know, will pray and ask them to pray. I'm really struggling right now. Will you pray over me? And just about 99.9999999999% of the time, that person will be honored, honored to pray over you. I called someone, this has been a couple of years ago. I called someone and I said, I really need prayer. I'm struggling right now. I think I was in the midst of writing gangster prayer, which is, you know, yeah, sounds about right. And the person on the other end said, I'm so honored that you called me. And I thought, <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Can you pray over me? Cause I really need it. So many people, people are honored to pray for us when we do. So, um, those are just a few things that I do to help me. And I hope that that would help you too. Okay. Love you guys. I will see you next week. We are going to do what I was going to do this week, next week. And I think it's going to be it's going to be really powerful and really amazing. Share this with your friends, guys. We, I have been bombarded with people that are watching the podcast. I get stopped everywhere or not. I guess they're not watching it. They're listening to it and share it, share it with your friends, share it around the world, man, the, the world needs truth right now. And I can guarantee you that this team and this podcast, we are committed to getting the truth of God's word out there. So love you guys. Thanks for downloading. I will see you next week right here on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Thank <laughs> you.